Hello and welcome to the Big Sports Fan on WGWG.org, Garden Web University Streaming Radio. I'm Jeff. Matthew Tessner in the studio with us as he is each and every Friday to talk about, well, sports. It's the Big Sports Fan, right? Welcome. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, a lot of big stuff happened this past week in basketball as the regular season wound up. Let's talk a little bit about that, first of all. Yeah, I saw people on social media, heard people talking about the NBA who normally don't talk about the NBA. Um, Kobe Bryant's last game after a 20-year career um, on Wednesday night, uh, and he put up 60 points, which I believe he was the oldest player in the NBA to ever score 60. Yeah, he's always like 39 or something. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, <laughs> if he's not, he's about to be. Doesn't sound um, old to me, but I get it. Yeah, for an NBA player, for an NBA, you know, or an you know pro athlete in general. Yeah. Um, but I believe he was the oldest to score 50 or more since Michael Jordan did it about about a dozen years ago or so. So he was really in rare company there. Finishes his career third all time. In NBA scoring. Wow. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone. Those are the only two guys who have scored more points than him. Michael Jordan's fourth. So he passed uh, Michael Jordan wow. right right there in the in the in the rearview mirror. Shaq, his old teammate, is is there in the top ten. And LeBron James, probably the one player that has a chance to kind of reach those right. guys and eclipse them. He's about ten years younger than Kobe. So yeah. he's got enough career left to do it. But remarkable feat. But, and, of course, he took 50 shots to do it. I was talking about that with you yesterday. He did take a lot of shots. I think I think uh, it was. I think it's fair to say that his teammates were giving him the ball. They were giving so him the ball. So that he could have the and, and the thing is, they. Um, it was a narrow win, but they did win the game. They did win the game, and, and that's not something the Lakers did this year. They, they were historically bad for the <laughs> Lakers. The Lakers and the Celtics, for anybody who watched basketball back in the 80s, whether it's the 80s or all time, that's kind of the two two teams yeah. that have ruled basketball since yeah. the 50s, um, totally. Interesting enough, they did. That was, I believe, their 16th win. I think they went like 16 and 66. Terrible, Ooh. terrible season. They yeah. were second worst record in the league. Philadelphia 76ers won 10 games. Wow. So while you had the seven, you, you had Golden State losing only nine games, you had Philadelphia winning only 10 games. So you had people on the opposite end of the spectrum. One other interesting note on Kobe, though. I saw it last night, ESPN stat. Only four players have ever taken 50 shots in a game. Oh, wow. And Wilt Chamberlain is the only one to have ever done it more than once. Three guys have done it, and then Wilt Chamberlain did it 14 times. Uh, and that's just because people would feed him the ball down Do we, inside because he was huge. Do we know how many of those he actually hit? When he, <laughs> he hit most of those, too, because, I mean, you know, Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain had the 100-point game that everybody uh -huh. chased. Second all-time highest point total for a player in a game, Kobe Bryant. I believe he had 81 back in like 06. So Kobe definitely could could be ranked as one of the greatest of all time. People so, like yeah. to compare him to obviously Jordan. Obviously a Hall of Famer in the future. Obviously a Hall of Famer. But he stacks up well against anybody. His old teammate uh, Shaq, who they won three titles together. They always kind of ribbed each other. I think maybe they've made a little bit of peace with each other over time. I read a uh, Phil Jackson, who was their coach with the Lakers during that run, uh, biography, autobiography, and then I've read a Shaq autobiography. I want to read a Kobe autobiography now because I think it would be interesting to get all three sides to that story. Uh -huh. While they were so successful, there was also a lot of tension in that yeah. camp. But people like to compare them. Shaq had four titles. Kobe had five. Jordan had six. So he's he's right there in the conversation. Gotcha. Now, you mentioned it just in, in passing there, so we got to circle back around to this. Um, Golden State Warriors did it. They did it, and I said they would not do it. And – they barely did it, but as we were talking about, they did it. 73 wins and 73 wins. Remarkable. I think that's one of those team records that people thought would never be broken. I think 
people thought 72 wins, only 10 losses to get through a season. If Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, what was kind of the pedestal of pro sports in the 90s with the Chicago Bulls, if they could only get to 72, I think people thought, I don't know that anybody could ever have single-digit losses in an 82-game schedule that now begins in late October, ends in April, to only lose that many games Mm -hmm. when you've got back-to-backs, you're traveling. Sometimes they go on, whether you're a West Coast or East Coast team, you go to the opposite coast and you play like six or seven games in seven or eight nights. You're just, you know, fatigue comes into play and injuries come into play and people have bad nights. And to see them do what they've done this year, Stephen Curry, obviously a large part of that, and he has a large following in the Charlotte area just because of his dad playing with the Hornets. We've talked about it before, and he grew up and went to high school and then went to Davidson and and played Mm -hmm. college basketball. But 400 three-point baskets this year. Nobody else has ever hit 300 in a season. Nobody's close to that. No. He just shattered his own record. I think the record was 285 or 286. He got 300 or so last year and then just obliterated that this year. Just unbelievable. And a lot of these shots, he's pulling up inside half court. He's shooting from way away from the basket. It's almost really, truly unbelievable what he's done. I don't know of anybody else who has just hit the circus shot like he has over and over and over. And he does it on layups, too. Unbelievable guy. Uh, several sports writers were saying this week, he's not physically impressive compared to a lot of athletes. He's like 6'3". He's probably 200 pounds if he's absolutely tossed into the ocean soaking wet. You look at the guy and you think, that could be your kid or that could be some random guy on the street that you see. And then he goes out there and does these unbelievable Mm. things. It's it's a testament to skill and not just physical strength. A lot of exciting basketball news there uh, in this week to talk about. But also, looking ahead, we've got the playoffs coming up. We do. Is it going to be the Golden State Warriors? What's going to happen? If not Golden State, all the favorites are out west. Everything I've read and everything I would believe is that Golden State, the San Antonio Spurs, great season in their own own right, 66, 67 wins, somewhere in there. That's that's pretty good. That's only five or six games behind the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, the Thunder and the Clippers, Los Angeles Clippers, those are four teams at kind of the top of the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Even LeBron James and the Cavaliers, who are the top seed in the East, uh, had the best year. I just don't see them having enough. Maybe maybe they pull it together, but they just have not found that chemistry. All those teams out west have better chemistry. I think they play better defense. The Cavaliers have just had an up and down year. They fired their coach during the year, replaced him with another. It's just been a roller coaster and it's hard for me to see LeBron James and ESPN loves to talk about LeBron James. A couple of couple of us in the office love to talk about how ESPN loves to just whether he's winning, he's losing, he's doing well, he's doing bad. Love to fixate on LeBron James. Truth of the matter to me is still, and I know several several folks I've talked to disagree with me of how important this is, but he's gotten to six NBA Finals. He's lost four of them. He's had a lot of help in some of those. He he's last year he didn't against the Warriors. He lost one of his his key forward Kevin Love to injury in the first round. Then Kyrie Irving, his point guard, went down with an injury in the finals. It kind of left him strung out there by himself. He was kind of hung out to dry. But I just I just don't see them having enough, even if everybody's healthy, to beat any of those teams in the West. And the Warriors, who could bet against them? I think if it come if it came down to it, I was talking to a couple of our students who who do uh, sports related podcasts here for WGWG too. 
We'd love to see Spurs and Warriors, but we wish it could be the NBA Finals instead of the Western Conference ah, Finals. A lot of times in these, and we've talked about it before, you get these matchups in kind of the semifinals. Mm-hmm. They're better than the finals. So you right. get all that drama and that great matchup, and you kind of get a letdown in the championship. Yeah, yeah, so we may see a little bit of that this year. Okay, well, we'll find out. And You, you um, went out on a limb and said that the Golden State Warriors would not break the single-game winning record, uh, our season winning record. They did, and... You're going. You're not going out on a limb now. You are saying they they are prob they are probably the ones going to win the entire. They're the favorites, thing. and if not them, somebody out west. Okay, let's move on now and talk a little bit about football. There's some interesting moves going on um, for the upcoming draft. Yeah, National Football League uh, draft coming up here later in April. To me, I look at it and I don't necessarily see a draft where we're going to have big time superstars. I, whether it be defensive players or offensive players, obviously there'll be some players out of this draft who, who general sports fans will come to know at some point because they'll they'll get on a team and, and they'll do something remarkable. But I just don't see this as being a, a crazy awesome draft. And, and I say that because, it you know, the interesting move this week, the Titans and the Rams, and there was a trade, and the Rams who have are moving to Los Angeles and kind of setting up camp there again. They've been there before. We're getting a little bit of deja vu as, as teams move around. They got the number one pick from the Tennessee Titans and basically traded their whole draft and a couple of a couple of picks for next year's draft for that number one. And we've seen that happen before. I believe it was Mike Ditka, who a lot of people know that name, Chicago Bears, 1980s. Um, and, and even before in pro football, traded a whole draft one time when he took over the New Orleans Saints to pick Ricky Williams, a running back. Ricky Williams was a Heisman Trophy type guy coming out of the University of Texas. Great running back, but it, it was not worth it. It didn't prove to be worth it in the end to trade a whole slew of players for that one guy. And so I think it, it'll be really interesting to see who did they pick at number one. There are a couple quarterbacks that, that are receiving a lot of talk, but I think they're quarterbacks that are not – high-profile guys necessarily coming from schools you know, coming from programs you know. They're not names that anybody outside of scouting in professional football or serious fandom would know. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. It's just really interesting to me as I enjoy looking at pro sports drafts when somebody just puts all their stock in one pick, and there's a lot of pressure on that pick, and, and they will be expected to pick that front office, that that executive team for that franchise will be expected to pick a heck of a player. So, uh, of course, because if they don't, uh, they will be second guests for forever. Uh, <laughs> so, no, no weak spot that, that it's obvious to you they're going to try to fill. Uh, you, can you figure out their strategy here? Well, the Rams have had a lot of weak spots in recent years. They're one of those teams, and I believe. Don't get me wrong. I think it's their running back, young running back Trey Mason, who has gotten into a little bit of criminal legal trouble down in Florida here uh, in the last couple of years. Um, Maybe just this offseason. I've seen a little bit of talk about that. Um, Not something I know a whole lot about, but I've seen his name pop up a couple times. Folks making a few jokes on Twitter about his misfortunes and and bad choices. But they've had a little bit of a quarterback carousel. You know, they've had somebody and then they tried somebody else and they tried somebody else. So there are a lot of positions where they need help, you know, and it's not always a quarterback that people try to pick at number one. We think of that with somebody like a Peyton Manning, but it kind of crossed my mind again this week that the draft in the NFL particularly is so great because it's seven rounds and they've got to where they started with the first round kind of in a prime time on, on a Thursday night. 
then they draft on Friday, then they draft on Saturday. And so they've kind of got this three-day draft going on. You've got you know a couple hundred picks. Perfect example of why all the picks matter and why maybe this trading all these picks for this one pick is not the best strategy no matter what you're trying to do. Tom Brady, four-time Super Bowl champion, MVP, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, was the 199th pick in the 2000 draft to the New England Patriots, yeah. and he's one of the best players of all time. So sometimes your strategy, you really ought to look at things like that, I think. And it's easy to second-guess professional sports because those guys, it's a win-now mentality. And so I think that's a little bit of it. I think maybe maybe some jobs might be at stake. And so you know, St. Louis is trying there to – really make a move, make a splash, and mm-hmm. get somebody spectacular. But I just don't see this as a – there's one guy yeah. and everybody wants him draft. Okay. Well, speaking of football, uh, it's been announced in the last few days uh, some of the upcoming opponents that Gardner-Webb's going to face in the next season or two and some in- some interesting picks there. Yeah. I didn't expect to necessarily be talking about football in April, but when yeah. I saw that come out, it was, it was just interesting. We are going to be going to Wyoming in 2017, and that's the farthest west we've gone to play since 2003. I was a freshman at Gardner Webb in 2003, had a health class, and there were quite a few football players in there. It was kind of a a core general studies class my first semester, and I just remember a lot of those football players being talking about being excited about going out west. We played Montana State that year. I don't we didn't win that game. I don't think we fared that well. But I think it should be an interesting experience. I think those guys were really excited about the chance to travel, travel across the country. In this case, go play a football championship subdivision or, or football bowl subdivision school in Wyoming. And it'll just be interesting for those guys. But what we did, we released, we'll be playing Wyoming in 2017. We'll be renewing our series with Appalachian State in 2018. We'll be going up to Boone. And of course, App State has not only won at the football championship subdivision level, they've moved up to the bowl level and are now playing quite well. Actually played in a bowl um, this past year. And they'll be a tough matchup. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And and they have been for us no matter what level. And then we'll renew our series with Charlotte in 2019 and we'll go to Charlotte. So they're all road games. But just interesting when we get teams on the schedule that – are regional rivals, I think, in the cases of Appalachian State yeah, and Charlotte. Sure. I think there is a little bit of excitement for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, Wyoming's one of those games. I don't know how many Wyoming fans, you know, will will be kind of interested in, in our matchup, and I don't know how many Gardner-Webb fans will love, yeah, Wyoming. But it is, I think, very exciting for the players, and it I is. think it's a chance for us to play somebody different and a chance for them to travel. And I remember yeah. seeing that with the players in, in 03. I think they were excited. Yeah, it was Montana State. Does everybody get excited about the Montana State football program? Maybe not, but I think for them it was an adventure. And I think that's part of providing the experience for our student-athletes is giving them all kinds of different experiences, and certainly with those three matchups we'll get it. So that's exciting to look forward to, and it's nice when we know ahead of time and we could kind of say, hey, yeah, we're, we're going to go up to Boone. And particularly with Boone and Charlotte, we could have a lot of fans there. I mean, it's I, very I, possible. I, and I assume we will have a lot of fans at both of those games. Probably not so many at Wyoming, but <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but you a, know, it's a long road trip. Might be a few. We may have some alums in the Northwest. Exactly. We've, we've got one student who has worked here yeah. with WGWG 
for four for years. four years, and she's from Idaho. She's so going to be heading back out west. Yeah, she'll be out there. It would be entirely possible for her to get to that game if she wanted to. I'll I have would to say. talk with her, make sure she goes. <laughs> we'll, we'll need her there. We'll need the support. She'll be our uh, our roving correspondent. She'll she'll go out there and sure make some noise. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else we need to talk about today? We've covered basketball and football, and what else is there maybe out there to look at? Baseball is underway, and and I'll just say that— Do people care yet? That's my question. I mean, I know you do. Hardcore baseball fans do. Probably the most interesting thing of note in our region is that the Braves are 0-9. Ouch. They—I believe the last time they started like that was maybe the 80s. And maybe even farther than that, because I believe I saw a stat this week that the last time they started 0-6 was 88 or something like that. So it could be a rough year for Braves fans. Just a really tough roster to do much with this year. They've traded away a lot of their great players. And you heard a pause there for a minute. It's hard to know what to say when your team starts out that way. Uh, and, And historically, I've been a Braves fan just because I've grown up here in Western North Carolina, we don't have a professional team here, and that was the closest one. And so I think I think that's how a lot of people became Braves fans. It's going to be a tough summer for baseball fans here in the South, unless you've got a secondary team uh, or maybe there's another sport that you can tune into. But it'll be interesting to see how they do. You know, we're still so early. Some teams get a hot start in baseball when you play 162 games. you got and the Braves do, you yeah, know? It's but early. It right. is. It's early. So I think that's the best thing to say about baseball. But we have got started now, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that as we get rolling in the season. Well, you know, one of the things I like about baseball is that once you get below Major League Baseball, there's still a lot of local and regional baseball out there. As the summer comes along, there are uh, teams made, there are leagues made up of um, uh, college players who play in these um, summer leagues. Uh, there's American Legion baseball, which is huge here in Cleveland County. So a lot of baseball to choose from. There, there will be tons to watch. That's a great point. You know, we've got Shelby Post 82 in, she- in Shelby, and they host the American Legion World yeah. Series each summer. And that's that's great entertainment, whether you're watching Post 82. who is That's been a good team here in the last couple of years. There were a couple of years where they almost – we thought could make a run right, to right, the national right, tournament. Right. And that's very exciting. And how cool would that be? Oh, that would <laughs> the crowds then yes, would, would really explode. I think yeah. they would have a hard time controlling tickets and, yeah. and they wouldn't be able to do it, I don't think, the way they've been able to welcome anybody and everybody to right. these tournaments. Right. But you've got that. One thing that, that my wife and I would like to do this summer is go to a Charlotte Knights game. They've got the BBNT ballpark there that is kind of the new uptown ish mm-hmm. ballpark. Yeah. And we've wanted to go for the last couple of years and still haven't got down there. And you've got the Forest City Owls, Gastonia Grizzlies, which are the college college summer leagues. And those are those are great entertainment, too. Very affordable for the family. Yeah, and I and think that's one of the best things. Just up the road, you got uh, the Hickory team, the Crawdads. Yeah, I mean, you got all kinds Crawdads. of Crawdads. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lot of fun atmospheres. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's one of those things. When you go to a baseball game, I realized it when I've gone with fans, when I've gone with family members. You don't have to love baseball to go. It's the atmosphere. If yeah. you love to people watch, yeah. maybe you just love a good ballpark hot dog right there's just so many things to get excited about summer and baseball yeah. summer and baseball they just they're american just like apple pie jeff powell in here with you and matthew tasnier in the studio matthew is the big sports fan and he joins us each and every week to uh, do what we've just done talk about sports uh you can check out all the podcasts uh, I, i've lost count we've done four five six of these they're all available on our soundcloud account uh, or you can subscribe through uh, iTunes. You can subscribe to the podcast and just get them automatically. All kinds of ways to 
to listen in. And, um, you know, if folks are listening to this and they've got comments or questions for you, Matthew, is there a good way they can maybe email you? Yes, they can reach out to me uh, at my Gardner Web email address would be fine. And that is M-T-E-S-S, both as in Sally, N as in Nancy, E-A-R at Gardner-Web.edu. You can also find me at Matthew Tesnier on Twitter or just look me up, Matthew Tesnier. Spelled the last name for you there just a second ago on Facebook. All right. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, guys.